Right now, we're getting 0.004 per stream. A million streams, you make like a little bit over four grand. A million streams. You can't live off of four grand. Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. We are back for another week, and I love episodes like this because we have a returning guest, the one and only Maddie Mad uh, was such a good time. It was episode 118 that we caught up originally. So it's been over 12 months and we're catching up again. He just released another project, Success 3, obviously the trilogy album. Um, but for those who haven't heard the other Success albums, they came out 21 and 2017. So it's been a journey to get here. It's almost close to a decade of, of your life story, but man, Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And you also released Bron James, the single this year as well. Yes, yes. You know what? It's a pleasure to be here. I'm always going to come through the hip-hop hustle, man. I, I love and I admire what you're doing with this with this platform. Well, I appreciate it, man. And it wouldn't be possible with people like you. Um, so I'm always grateful to to have your time and, and to chop it up with you. But I'm interested because, like, You've now done three three albums in the trilogy. Are you thinking of moving on and doing something new, or is the, are you <laughs> going to continue? Is it just going to be success four, five, six? Man, I've um I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it going away from um the success because it's other it's it's other things that I that I want to branch off into. But this success series is so important because it's it's really it's like a book. It's like a book, and I, if I stop doing it now, it's going to leave out too many chapters, you know. So I, I can't. I have to finish this book, and and Rakim want want me to. He want me to get to at least seven, <laughs> at least seven. So he so he can get on the album, you know. He he want you know he's um he he's a guy like myself. So he want to um he want to hop on on the um on the seventh installment of the success series. But I might get slick. I might just. On success four, just do a song called Seven and put Rakim on it. Well, to be fair, I think that's a good good idea. Uh, I mean, I don't see how getting Rakim you can do on both success four and track success seven, and then on success yeah. seven again. Right, I, absolutely, absolutely, man. He's such, man. He's a legend, man. I'm just looking forward to working with him. Uh, his 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 schedule has been packed, you know, hip hop fifty and everything going on. So I I really wanted him to make this um to make success three, but I just couldn't wait. I couldn't wait no longer. You know, I had to I had to finish it up and get it out. Well, how is it for veterans these days in terms of because I feel like, you know, there's this interesting mix in hip hop right now where it's like, you know, veterans have they still have a crowd, they still have a huge fan following. Um, and then you've obviously got new wave 
hip hop artists. Like, do you almost just separate now in terms of like your genres where you're like, Hey, I'm kind of just doing my thing. The new guys are on their own come up. They're doing their own techniques and, and I'm kind of just naturally continuing to progress. Yes. Cause you know what? It's, uh, um, for guys like myself who, who've been releasing music, um, from the physical period onto the digital period, it's a slow rebuild of a fan base. It's a slow rebuild. It's not. It's not instant. You know, and it's it's not. It's not like you can. Um, it's not like you could just put out music and go right to the fans like you used to be able to do with CDs. With CDs, you know, I used to go stand on the corner in Chicago and in Detroit and L.A. and and um, New York and, and and sell and sell my music to people who, you know, only only people who wanted to hear it would buy it, you know? So that's when I was first starting out. I, w- I was trying to get my name out there. So I should go out there, you know, reach out and, and communicate with the fans personally, you know what I'm saying? Just But now it's so different because now in order to find your fan base, there is a lot of digital work, a digital marketing work that needs to go into it as far as ads, I'm in Akron, Ohio, so people don't know how to act here. So people are crazy. So, um, so basically, it's 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 a slow rebuild. If you don't have um, a few hundred thousand to throw into marketing and promotion, reaching out and getting another fan base right now is so difficult. Right now, major labels like Universal, Sony, they're all having these meetings and they're all sitting around talking about it's so hard to break artists. They don't know how to break artists these days. Like they don't have a clue. And so that's because it's so this internet and social media and this quick fix type of song um fan base that's out here, this hip hop, these are the most probably the most unpredictable hip hop fans that that I've encountered. Because it's not just me. It's a lot of people like certain artists that used to have crazy fan base in the early 2000s or mid 2000s. Now they can't even sell out a show. They have to cancel shows, you know, and it was a, I was talking to my manager, Charlucci, um, the other day, and we was talking about popularity trumps talent now. And that's. I never thought I never thought that I would say that about hip hop because usually it's the people that can spit. It's the people who got the fans. Yo, if you got lyrics, you got subject matter. If somebody could turn your album on and and it gives them an experience, then you were somebody. Now, no nobody cares about having an experience. They just want that quick fix. Oh yeah, this song makes me want to pop a pop a pill. This song makes me want to twerk. This song makes me you know, wanna wanna smoke some weed or or a drill or something like that. It's not about the experience and the music and the art form no more. It's about these quick fixes, these quick dopamine fixes that the fans want. And I'll give you an example. And I don't like to talk down on people who doing what they're doing because they they feeding their family. So I'm not gonna do that. What I'm gonna say is, sexy red. Me and my manager. Um, um, Luch was talking about Sexy Red the other day. We was like, Sexy Red wouldn't even exist it, you know, um, a few years ago. Like, like not not recently, but we, let's just talk about trans, 
from 99 to about 2006. It would have been hard for that to even exist because not only is it not lyrical, but it's um, it's super ratchet. It's super ratchet. I think that she just sat back and was like, you know what? I'm going to be the most ratchet female rapper out. So I'm going to say the most disgusting and degrading things that I can say and not care. I'm just going to say this is who I am. Talking about you got an STD and it just don't get no more dirty than that. Like, So I just think that either that's a great marketing um, strategy that she's implementing right now, that she's using right now, or either way, it's going to have a negative impact. But I was telling my manager, I said, listen, we can't blame Sexy Red. And if anybody, any Sexy Red fans out there, don't get mad at me because I'm not trying to talk down on that sister. I'm saying you can't blame Sexy Red when there's when she can go do a show and there's a thousand people in the audience that love it. You can't blame her. We got to start looking at ourselves, looking at society like, okay, are we a society that just love the most ratchet and disgusting music possible? That's just a question we got to ask ourselves. Yeah, I've because I've been thinking about this as well and whose job it is because it's like the fans create the hype, but the artist creates the music. So it's like hand in hand. I mean, at the end of the day, the weird thing is that like, it's popular now, but I look at all this music and I wonder if it's going to be popular in. <coughs> Sorry, man. Uh, I, I wonder if it's going to be popular. <coughs> oh, I'm dying. Oh, um, <laughs> I wonder. It's like you know the the music company that I want me to, to say this, so they're making me sneeze. Um, but I wonder if it's going to be popular in five, ten years. Like I wonder how we're going to look back on this era of music because I feel like there's no generational artist. Like, it's not coming up that much. Like, we got people like hip-hop artists that are still using elements of hip-hop, like your Kendricks, your J. Cole. I mean, and then you've got people like Drake who are like generational artists. But I'm like, looking outside of that and does anyone else really fit the mix of like a generational artist that has a long legacy that people will go back and go, look at that body of work. It holds up over time. Yes. 20 years ago. And that's a great, that's a great question. And the thing is, these artists are not built to last. It's the quick fix. It's, it's just a quick fix type of thing. Like, like Lil Wayne said, these artists careers as fast as Batmobiles. Like, we're not going to even think about them or know them or remember them tomorrow. Like, and they don't care. They're just trying to strike when the iron's, iron is hot, get their money right now, and they're going to fade away and be gone. Now, there are a lot of generational artists and a lot of respected bodies of work that's just not getting the light. It's not getting the light. People don't know it exists. People don't know it's there. So I don't know what we're going to have to do as far as promotion and marketing when it comes to certain type of artists. I think it's going to take bigger artists to promote the artists that are that are in their lane that they respect and be like, you know what? Let me bring this guy along, put him on the track. Then maybe my fans can gravitate towards what he's doing. There's a lot of generational works. Like, I think Success 3 is the best work the best work that I've done um, 
in the success series. Now, people may argue. A lot of people that know me may argue with that fact, but I think it's 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 the best because it, it finished the sentence. Success one, I came with that, and that was the statement. That was raw. Success two, there was a lot of different type of serious subject matter on success two. Now we got success three that doesn't have that has serious subject matter, but it's personal. So I feel like there's a lot of artists, and I'm going to include myself in that, that just don't get to sign because record labels, for one, aren't putting marketing money behind lyrics and songs and, um, and, and subject matter anymore. That's why there's only a few. That's why we can name them all on one hand that exists right now today. But it's, it's a big problem. And here's the bigger problem. It's not just the music exists, but you just have to go out and find it yourself because no label is putting it in your face. So you have to go find it yourself. Now, the biggest issue is the artists that can deliver um, these timeless classics. They're not motivated to deliver timeless classics because we're not making no money from streams. We're not making anything. I mean, it's criminal. The streaming game right now, those DSPs are robbing music. And that's what this... Well, Really what the strike is about in Hollywood right now. That's what the strike is about. The residual checks that these artists get because a lot of these shows go straight to streaming services. And and you see a guy who's regular on a on a on a TV show and he getting a residual check for 60 bucks. You know, and it's like that for music too, but for some reason, music isn't um unified. We don't have a union to where every artist in the world can be like you know what we're not putting out nothing else until y'all fix this and you see y'all pay us more money well, we don't have we don't have the ability to come together like that but we should why do you think that is i don't know I, no, no one for one hip-hop is a competitive sport music is competitive it's a competitive um art form and a lot of artists will let petty differences or just competition would not even allow them to be like, you know what, let's lock arms, let, let's become one, and because it's us against them. If we did that, we'll be better off. But as soon as we do that, there's going to be plenty of, of those quick fix, or thick, quick fix artists that's going to pop up with a, you know, with a TikTok dance or something, and they're going to be like, man, I don't care about no union, I don't care about none of that, I just want to be famous, you know. But I don't think we have the ability to come together. I, I just don't. I hope I hope we can find it, but right now I just don't see it. Well, it reminds me of a quote, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Facts. And so, I don't know, I think, like, I think you're right. There's so many elements with this. And as you said, the people who are getting hot and making money, I would do exactly the same thing. Like, everyone would. If you're young, you'd, You've never had the the opportunity for this money, let alone to be able to have the money in your life. You all of a right. sudden see, I can change my life. I can change my family's life. I can live a life that I've always dreamt about. Whether it's really as good as you think it is, they're all going to jump on that opportunity and they essentially take care of themselves for the rest of their lives potentially. So they're all right. going to do it. And I think that's the real problem is that like, 
when you have people who are looking like that, they're always going to jump on top of each other to to get the opportunity. It's like everyone's clamoring for it. And then, as you said, they just strike while the iron is hot. Then it's gone. And they're like, well, at least I had it. Absolutely. And it's just like that. I heard a story recently about Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey went behind Bernie Mac's back to try to get a role that Bernie Mac had just got. And he was going back, I guess, talking to the people at the studio or whatever, like, no, I'll be a better fit. And I'll be, a, I'll be. It's that type of cutthroat mentality that, that's in hip-hop, that's embedded in hip-hop. But the, pro- <laughs> the record labels are just not doing enough because record labels are pretty much downsized to, like, probably two... Oh, damn train is coming by. Um, um, two departments. So it's like you have like a social media department and you have a what's the, social media department is now a part of the marketing department. And that's pretty much it, <laughs> you know, and, and then, you know, accounting, but record labels aren't, they don't have artist development. They don't have the tools And right now they're, they're so, they're so stumped. They don't even know how to break an artist and they're, they're trying everything. I mean, everything. And now TikTok, TikTok right now has changed in the TikTok is changing so fast because of a year ago TikTok was more content than it was influencers. Now everybody's selling something. Everybody's page is a commercial. Hey, try this on um TikTok um, website. Oh, try this on or try this or try this. Everybody's selling something instead of talking about something, instead of doing something, you know. And then, you you know, you have people who create content, but it's so much now, it's just going to be oversaturated. Everybody's page is turning into, turning into a commercial. Yeah, but I think, you know, I, I try to think about this and I'm like, the, there is a point where that doesn't work. There is a point where everyone's like, you know what, this kind of shit, like it sucks. Like I don't want to <laughs> watch... Like, I don't like being sold to. I mean, it used to be the day, you know, 30 years ago where cold calling was way easier. You know, people used to get scammed way more than they do now. Salespeople used to make more calls and they were more acceptable. Whereas right now, if I get a call and it's someone trying to sell me something, I'm like, get the fuck out. It's only natural evolution that we're going to be able to pick it better on TikTok, on Reels, on wherever the hell. But like, I don't know. I think no one really has an answer and some people are just like utilizing it better to get some success off it. But like, I think everyone doesn't know where the algorithm is going. No one knows what this is going to mean. And now we've got AI and everyone's like, well, what does this actually mean for music? The scary thing is that like, you know, you've released enough music now for someone to be able to use your likeness and create music like you. I've probably got enough hours of me talking for someone to take my voice and do the same thing. Absolutely. And, and we have to be protected. If somebody's using my NIL, using my name and likeness, then I should get paid. And there's no way around. I don't care if it's a computer or what it is. If you use my name and likeness, I should get paid. And, and it has to be some way to regulate right now. It's the wild, wild west. They're not really regulating anything when it comes to this AI thing. And this AI thing is just, it's, it's, it's not going to, it's going to hurt us more than it's going to help us. 
because it's bad enough that people don't already think for themselves, but now you got something that can actually think for you and and you can use it in your everyday life. It's just gonna it's just gonna continue to dumb down society as we already dumb as hell. Like society is man, people right now. Man, it, I was in the hood the other day. This dude told me, he was like, yo, man, I love that song you did, uh, Black Guy, man. I just don't know what you was talking about. And I was just like, he was like, man, your word, you use your words was too big. And I was just thinking to myself, like, I can understand that um, hearing that from one person. But then I started remembering when I released that album, how many times I heard it, I was like, damn. Like society, you know what? I must have a collegiate fan base some out there somewhere, or or some or some pretty intelligent people out there somewhere that that's waiting to hear my music. Because right now, I don't have them. I don't have them. I'm still searching for my fan base. I sold over 150 thousand records on my first album, and and you have to look at it. That was my first album was a long time ago, and I've been rebuilding my fan base ever since. You know, so. So I, I think that right now, hip hop alone is so dumbed down. That's that's why the sexy reds and that's why these DSPs can continue to rob us. And because record labels don't even know how to make money. You know what I'm saying? They don't know how to make money. And the publishing used to be where we made our money. The publishing is where we made our money. You know, somebody I was talking to Luce the other day and I was just like, yo, Luce, um, everybody praising Diddy right now for for giving the publishing back but i was like well it's useless now damn they're useless so he waited all of these years he waited 20 something years to, to give the publishing back but he's he's been receiving publishing checks for 20 years crazy in my city so it's like um 20 years of receiving the publishing that those artists could have got now if he would have gave the publishing back with the money that he made off of it too, that would have meant something. But I was just like, that was a that was an empty gesture, you know. And it, and, and it didn't fly over my head; it flew over a lot of heads because a lot of people were like, oh, that's so nice of him. He didn't have to do that. It's worth nothing now. That's that's like you know, that's like giving away lint. You know, no problem. <laughs> you want it here, you know. So so it's man, hip hop is hip hop is in a in a very very scary place right now. If you can't sell out shows, if you're not Drake, if you're not Kendrick, if you're not Ye, if you're not a lot of these people who can pack stadiums and, and consistently get shows, then you are going to suffer. And that's what we're doing. I, this is the great suffering right now in hip hop. A lot of artists are suffering. Well, do you know what I really fear of is like the the mega artists and the pricing at their shows. So like you've got people who are not in hip hop and Taylor Swift came to Australia and the clamoring for her tickets they like they were like 2 grand and people are yep. spending $2000 on a ticket to go see one show. But then I'm like but that 2 grand for a lot of people is like that's my allotment. That's what I'm saving up for. So out of the yeah. whole 12 month calendar I got that two grand and I'm going to go spend it on Taylor Swift. Or I can go see 10 shows for 200 pop a ticket and I can see 10 shows. So the the other challenge that hip hop has is that like pricing wise, it's like it prices 
prices out everybody else. Because if everyone is just going to see the mega acts and willing to spend a fuckload of money to go do it, then it leaves less disposable income to go see the smaller acts that are still building a fan base and, you know, purchase merch, buy CDs, whatever else you want to do as like a fan, you're just spending all that money on these mega artists and it just sits there. Right. See, rock has an advantage over hip-hop a little bit because um, a lot of these rock bands start off in, in little bars where they can pretty they pretty much just go set up and play. And if people want to hear them, they go, they go. It's, it's no cost. But it's, it's a place to where they can build, got a, grant, a grassroots type of action to build a fan base. But rap is different. Rap is different because we don't have just clubs that we can just show up and perform and and build a fan base. And on top of that, not, not having the grassroots, if you don't have a name big enough to actually get you shows, like you were saying, the stars are pretty much, it's like a gravity for like a planet. They're just pulling in all of the money, all of the money, and you're just out there <laughs> you're just out there. You, you don't have enough gravity to pull fans because these people are, like you're saying, they're, they're spending. It's, people are making decisions. I can go on vacation or I can go see Beyonce. People are picking Beyonce. And that's because the show is going to run you. If you if you add it up at the end of the night, I mean, with everything, it's probably it's three grand at least. Three grand. So people are making like really real life decisions. There's some people that are um, not paying like car notes, letting rent laps and stuff like that to go see these artists because the tickets are so high, but it's not really the artist's fault that the ticket is high. It's the people who, who booked them for the show, like Live Nation. Like Live Nation. You know what? I'm not going to say nothing bad about Live Nation. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> not going to say nothing bad about Live Nation. I'm just going to say, these companies that hire these that hire these artists have completely, completely inflation is not even a word. The, these ticket prices are ridiculous, but they have to do it in order for them to make money because the huge artists charge so much to even come perform at a at a at a at a um, arena. So who who's wrong? Like it's like it's it's like the pot calling the kettle black. Like everybody's guilty in this in this. But some artists, man, there's no, it's just like society. Society right now is rich or poor. They're doing away with the middle class, just like that in hip hop. Either you got it or you just don't. The people that, people that are in the middle, trust me, they're not going to be in the middle for long. They, they, they teetering in this middle. They teetering in the middle, trying to keep it to where they can either try to get to the next level or they, they already know what's waiting down there for them. You know, it's like either you're huge or you're not. All right, have a good one. But I think, yeah, so, but, but I think what that shows is simply put, and yeah, I, I keep talking about this, but but like you look through history, the only way the the lower class, if we put it like that, the 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 people who are struggling can really make changes by unifying. That there is no other way, because that's what happens. So every now and again, the upper echelon of the people who make the decisions, 
they will pick someone in the lower class and show that, see, you can do it. And they send a message, which is like, if they can do it, anyone can do it. And, they, and they're like, you're right. And then you start thinking, oh, they're right. I can do it too. And then you start fighting because you want to be the one in a million as opposed to give opportunity for everyone to be successful. So, right. like, the, the narrative is sexy to be able to come from the slums and go up. Yes. But the narrative of we can all be successful together is not sexy at all, and I have no idea why. I agree with that. that you are absolutely correct. But, I, but I'm, I'm going to take it a step even further. If we all can't be successful, can we all at least make a living? You understand what I'm saying? So it, it's to the point to where we, we can't make any money off of the publishing. If you don't have licensing, if you're not going to movies, you're not going to TV, and it used to take popularity to get licensing, but you can get some cheaper shows or whatever, but the residuals that's coming from that is nothing. So we need some type, we need like a SAG in hip hop to where if we're releasing music, we should all be, especially, especially if you're not popular, why should I get taxed the same amount as Beyonce? You understand? It's, it should be more lenient because my, my streams are more valuable to me than Beyonce's are to her. You understand what I'm saying? Right now, we're getting 0. 0.004 per stream. A million streams, you make like a little bit over four grand. A million streams. You can't live off of four grand. You, you can't live off of that. And, and we're talking about a million streams for an album or or whatever. So... And then you get taxed on that. Yes. We need something set up to where we can, um, if you're not selling billions and billions of streams, then why aren't your streams more worth more? But you know what? Let's just make it fair all across the board. Everybody's streams, if you put out a song and somebody listened to it, you, should, you deserve to get paid from it. You deserve to get paid. And right now, the only people that are making money, because we're not getting none of that ad money that Spotify is getting or Apple Music is, we're not getting none of that money. And and our, our streams are super cheap. And artists right now can't make it. And that, that's my message that I want to give right now is a lot of artists are too proud to admit it, but a lot of artists are starving. Just like a lot of actors are starving. You know, a lot of writers are starving and and it's and it's crazy to where because they're doing the exact same work. But now it's worth less and we, we got to add more worth man, to our talents. Our talents are worth something. Art is worth something. So, well, I think that right. goes goes back to is music is no longer the business. Music is the funnel to get you to sell something else. That's the scary yes. thing because yes. when artists start making money off the music, they're like, okay, the music is not generating money, but it can generate attention. Attention yes. to then sell something else, an affiliation, uh, my own clothing, whatever else I want to sell, and that's where they make the money, which is why music is then disposable because they're like, I don't give a shit because if it doesn't get attention – 
then it's worthless regardless of how good the album is. Right. Right. And it doesn't, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter how good the album is. It's like, okay, well, is TikTok playing it? That, these are the questions. TikTok playing your album? They should be. But, you know, but if you're not on TikTok um, prostituting yourself, doing stupid-ass dances and, and other things, then it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to catch because your talent your talent is only going to take you so far your talent is only going to take you so far and it's not going to really catch a fan base now but if you keep plugging at it i'm not saying it's hopeless you keep plugging at it you can you can carve out a fan base in this business out here in this digital realm because mf doom did mf doom but he his fan base actually carried over from the cd cassette tape vinyl over into digital streaming but um he still wasn't over a million followers on instagram you know and he had a loyal fan base and to me he was a great great artist to me because he represented freedom he can just get on tracks not have to worry about selling singles not have to worry about um um wearing a chain or or whatever the hell he just got on tracks and rhymed and he represented freedom to me. So when he passed, that kind of hit me. It kind of hit me hard because it was like, damn, a lot of artists like that don't exist. Jay Electronica is another one. Jay Electronica, he said, you know what? This is my art and I'm going to do my art. I don't care if it fits this or this or that. Or he's not trying to fit no fit in no boxes or stereotypes or nothing. He's just doing him. That's why I respect his music. I respect his music so much and what he stands for. And the boldness in his in his content is um it has the he <laughs> he has actual power. A lot of artists are giving away their power just to fit in these boxes, you know. And I, I don't I said I wasn't gonna get on here and talk about rappers and dresses and stuff like that, and um and doing other things which they are doing to to, to get to the next level. Instead of talking about that, I want to talk about, you know, <laughs> some of the artists that I respect, you know, like like the Jay Electronicas and and um and J. Cole's and 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 artists like that. It's, I'm just happy they exist, but they are suffering. But J. Cole is actually considered a main artist now. He's considered a major artist. And he's he's not dealing with something that uh, um Talib Kweli is dealing with even though he has a loyal fan base, but he's not selling out arenas, and he should be. Jay Electronica's not selling out arenas. He should be. And somehow we got we to gotta come together. Like, like you were saying, we need to come together because united we stand, divided we fall. We need to, and we need to come together quickly because and we need to find a way to sell our music in the physical, to give something physical we have to try to find a way to do it. We have to find a way to do it because these streams ain't paying us nothing. I feel like the only way to do it is to stop putting your music on Spotify. Like Kanye. See, Kanye, he sold that, um, he sold Donda on one of those little streaming type of, I don't know what it was, but I know it was something physical that he could put his music on and sell directly to the fans. And People want to talk crap about it or talk. I'm like, but yo, listen, he trying. He tried something. And you already know that I got a checker pass with Kanye. But at the same time, I still give respect where respect is due. 
like the dude tried something and it's more than what it's more than what everybody else is doing because I just service my album to all the DSPs, you know, because I'm like, damn, I, like what what I'm gonna do? Sell USB drives? <laughs> what am I like what what else am I gonna do? You know? And they, they kind of got us backed into a corner and with these DSPs, and then they're gonna and they have a stronghold on us saying, Well, you gotta you gotta come to us and we're not gonna pay you. We gotta come up with something. But here's here's my question. Here's my question. What have you got to lose by not putting it on streams? Nothing. Because you're not making nothing. Nothing. But you have, well, how about the fans? The fans are on the DSPs, right? And it's going to make it harder for you to market and promote. If you say, "Um, come to my website, and you got a link to your website or or to something else that's not what they already have. We're like, well, I, I got um, Apple Music. Well, I got Spotify. Aren't you on there? No, I'm not on there. They don't even have the attention span long enough to even go. Well, let me go listen to his album. Let me type in his website, MaddieMad.com. Nobody's doing that, and, and that's why, that's why they got us. They got us because they know the fans have short attention spans and they're lazy, and well. Not really, just the fans. We all are now. I'm gonna put myself in that. I don't want fans to think I'm talking about fans <laughs> are lazy. No, people in general are lazy. We are all lazy because these damn phones got us. They got us. Our whole lives are in these phones, and if we if we can't access it with our phone, are we really? I mean, do we really care? Well, my counter to you only is that fans care when. All the artists care. So, like, yes. So, obviously, the writer's strike and the acting strike in Hollywood. Now you're seeing fans go, What the fuck? Like, you pay these people because yes. they, fans are suffering. And that's the only way. So, if there was a whole lot of artists who were just like, No, I'm not putting music on there. I refuse to release music unless it's independent then fans would, would start to care and start to clamor, but fans only care when it hurts them or when the artist they particularly love is hurting. But it's hard to almost comprehend the the scale at which all of this is happening. When you're not in the world, and I'm not in the world, but it's hard to like even imagine that this is a problem because you don't think about it on a day-to-day basis. You just go in and you're like, hey... I want to listen to Maddie Mad, and he just re- released a new project, and I'm going to listen to that music. I don't think about how much Maddie Mad is making. I don't think about right. whether he's struggling or not. All I think about is like, right. man, this song is great. I want to listen to that song again. I want to listen to that project again, and I assume inherently that they're going to be okay because I love it, and I think that there are going to be other people that love it. Right, but you know what? I just thought about something. What Jay-Z tried with title, I think we should revisit that. I think all the artists should get together and be like, you know what? We're going to come up with our own streaming service and we're going to pay ourselves a respectable wage per stream. And if we all get on it, that's going to generate the ad revenue. That's going to generate Pepsi and Nike and everybody's going to want to advertise on that streaming service because all of the major artists are on there. 
I think if we all stand together and say, you know what, we're going to all be on here. we got to create a streaming service to where we can all make a respectable wage per stream. I think that'll work because I've been sitting here racking my brain trying to figure out what the hell can we do because it's got to be something. There's always a way. It has to be something. I think we should all come up with a streaming service that that pays not no 0.004, like fractions of a damn penny per stream. You know how much you know how much money it takes to actually to actually record a song? You know how much money it actually takes to buy the beat, to rap on the song? You know how much money it takes to mix a song? You know how much money it takes to master a song? You know what I'm saying? So you know how much money it takes to even create the cover, you know, to actually present the damn record. So we're not getting paid right now. I think if we did that, I think we'll be okay. If we can find a streaming service, we create our own streaming service, and all of the artists say, you know what? Goodbye, Spotify. Goodbye, Apple Music. Hello, our shit. You know what I'm saying? And that's all the artists go to. I think we can win that way. Yeah, I wonder, like, I wonder how much of, like, the profit percentage you'll get. That's what I, I also wonder of, like, okay, if they make, let's say Spotify as a company makes, let's call it a billion dollars, out of that billion, what portion do artists in the totality get? That's my other question because I have no idea of, like, obviously, Damn, obviously people who who obviously companies can't give away all their money because otherwise they wouldn't exist. But I wonder how much they do, what portion of their total profit artists get. That's what I do wonder. Is it 50? Is it 10%? Is it less than 1%? I have no idea. And that's what I actually wonder. I wonder if there is an, even an ability for, for a company like that to exist and have a way better portion share. I know they're getting a lion's share. I used to know. I'm, I'm going to look into that. I'm going to look into that. But I know the percentage is is very low. I know it's below 50%. There, there's not an even split, definitely. Because if, if it was an even split, our streams would be worth more. Um, I think that every artist that's on Spotify, every single one of them, is still below 50%. It's still below 50%. What artists are getting back is still below 50%. And I, I think it's I think it's drastically, I can't really remember the numbers, but I'm going to look into that. But I think the numbers are drastically lower than they should be. I mean, I would be surprised if it was more than 5%. Like, I would genuinely be surprised. I don't, yes. I get the impression that it's not that. That's purely based on just conversations, talking to people and just, what I feel, I know it doesn't really help facts. I haven't looked into it, but I I would be surprised if it was more than 5% of the total profit share. Cause, right. But if it is higher than 5%, then I think the model is not good for artists. Because if it's you're terrible. getting 10% of profits and it's only 0.004 cents on the dollar, whatever you want to call it, if that's 10%, then like there's just too many artists. Then obviously right. the split doesn't make sense because they're turning around and they're saying, well, we're giving you 10% of our total profit share. We run it all. 
But like there are so many artists and the attention is split across a huge platform that all of a sudden that 10% across everyone feels like less than 1%, but it's not. And that's what I actually wonder is like, you know, with the ease of putting out music, theologists competing with everybody else, if there was 10 artists and it was 10%, you, you, you would all make more, but it's, millions and millions and millions of artists and so the percentage just continues to get split yeah i, I wish that was the case i i just think that is um good old-fashioned greed i just think that they they set a bar and there was no backlash the streaming was so new that they said okay this is how much streams should cost and there was no backlash so they said, y'all going with it? All right, let's go. And now they just running with the shit. You know what I'm saying? There is no set market on the stream. I just think that they set a market and nobody argued with it. And they just kept running with it. And now um, I think they raised it a little bit, like a point or something. I think it was for 0 0.003 at one point. Now it was 0 0.004. And... I, I don't know. I just know it's criminal. It's criminal. And we, we got to do something about it. Artists, we got to come together. We got to stop talking um, and, 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 and do something. It's time to do something. Because if we don't, then, man, <laughs> listen, it's going to be hard to get, a, to get a rapper off the street. Like, all right, man, yo, listen, get off the street and start rapping. I'm like, why? So I can make no money? You know what I'm saying? So how are we going to get rappers off the street? You know what I'm saying? Like, that was one of my things um, to get off the street. I was like, man, all right, well, I know how much money I'll get if I sold dope. And you telling me I can make more money in music. All right, cool. So, boom, I got into music. Boom, I started making money. I started seeing that how the checks could come, this, that, and the third. And I was like, you know what? This is safer. I'm not risking my life and I'm not going to jail. So, okay, this is a, this is a better move for me. But, you know what I'm saying? I can also, you know, buy clothes. I can also, you know, pay rent and 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 buy a car. I was living, but now you're going to tell an artist, yeah, or go ahead, get off the street, and come in this music industry. And now you can't pay rent, you can't buy a car, you can't buy new clothes. You know what I'm saying? So, and a lot of these artists' jewelry that you be seeing is fake. It's not even real. Like they're not even. It's just, I don't know, man. I don't even know what it is. It's like I'm watching a, a, a rolling circus. Like, it's just it's just a circus right now because a lot of things that you think is real is not real. And a lot of artists that you think are authentic, you find out they got five or six ghostwriters. You're like, damn, that's not even your thoughts. That's not even your, how can I get into this and be like, oh, this is a dope artist when you got like five or six ghostwriters. I'm like, that's not even him. He's speaking someone else's experiences and thoughts, you know? So everything, the whole industry right now, the music industry is in a terrible condition. The condition is terrible and I hope it can recover because I love it. I love it. And to see, I'll be happy when I see like Rakim get money to do a show. But Rakim broke through once. You know, he broke through. When it comes to who was the hottest in hip hop, Rakim, was once that guy. What about artists who never broke through 
And now they're trying to get shows. Now they're trying to get, you know, um, licensing. Now they're trying to get this and they're trying to get that. It's even more difficult. It's even more difficult. The legends got it better than some of these new artists because the legends can still do. Yo, they got songs that you remember, you know. Uh, I mean, they got songs you remember. And I don't give a damn where you are. There's always going to be somebody 50 years old. Like, damn, I remember that song. You know what I'm saying? I remember that song. I'm gonna go see Rakim. And 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 the tickets are are respectable. Paying 40 bucks, you go see Rakim. Okay, cool. But that artist is still making a good payday. It should be like that. It should be like that for more artists. You know, and <laughs> yo, hip hop, I, I hate to be gloom and doom, <laughs> but but my, my music forum right now is suffering. It's like on life support. It's suffering right now. And it's hard to not get on here and just talk about the truth and just say that, oh, yeah, everything's peachy, man. Hip hop has never been better. And that's what they want to hear because the DSPs and everybody, they're, they're the ones making money. The labels aren't making money. Labels are shutting down left and right. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to continue with the negativity, but I mean, I've right. spoken to a few people and they're like, you know, being a rapper used to be cool. Like I used to... Like I used to say, I'm a rapper and I used to be proud of being a rapper and I and people were like, damn, that's sick. And now you say you're a rapper and it's kind of corny. And they're like, it, the feeling is different. It's weird. That's I mean, I've never said I'm a rapper because I genuinely cannot rap. But like, that's what they're saying to me is like, you know, I used to feel cool. And now when I say I'm a rapper, everyone's like, get out of here, man. Everyone raps. Everyone raps. And, and that's the thing. It's so oversaturated and watered down. But even if it is oversaturated and watered down, the cream is supposed to rise to the top. But the society don't respect the cream. And you see me, I'm watching my words. You see me watching my words because I don't talk about fans hard enough and long enough. I'm not going to do that. I love fans. I love, I don't give a damn if it's 20 people streaming my song right now. I love every 20 of them. But that's 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 not the point I've been trying to make. I'm trying to make the, it's just, it's not really just a music thing. It's really a societal thing. It's, it's society. No one respects the real. No one respects talent. No one respects the art form. You know, like they should. I'm not going to say no one. There's just a small pocket of people that do and that's the pocket that you're trying to tap into. You know, that's the pocket that you're trying to tap into. You're definitely trying to get into. Um, and that's why I, I think that um, if I would have got that ne- that joint with Nas, um, on success. Damn, Nas was supposed to be on this one or the last one? Nas was supposed to be on this one. And, and it didn't come through. That wasn't Nas' fault. It was probably the person who was putting it together so the person who was putting it together didn't put it together and so like i couldn't wait i had to get the project out because i wanted it in in the marketplace by a certain time because you don't want to start running into november and december and you know the label shut down marketing is shut down and you got christmas and you got thanksgiving and all the holiday stuff and a lot of artists get swept up in the holidays and and you lose projects in there sometimes so it's better to release a project before the holidays or at the top of the year. You don't want to get caught up in that. Do you think you'll get those projects with Nas and Rakim? Like, do you think you'll 
Like, are they still possible in the near future? You know what? Me, I'm an optimist. I'm a glass half full guy. Contrary to this interview, because <laughs> this interview, this interview was pretty was was pretty gloom and doom. But we're transitioning. But, um, we're transitioning. We yes. did the negativity. We're transitioning we're not, to nothing we're not but positive. Positive aspects. Yeah. Uh, the positive aspect of this album is being very well received, and the Rakim situation is a great possibility that that can happen. And it's a good possibility that the Nas can happen, but um, I'm just going to keep pushing. I'm gonna keep pushing, and you know, and and you know, everything is going to work out the way it's supposed to work out, you know, for the guy. So, so um, but the project we can talk about the album. The album has some songs on here that I talk about some very personal things, and it's being very well received. It's a song called "What Good Is Love," and. It goes into my personal life, the things that artists deal with behind the scenes that people never see. And and my life is real when I do when I That's pretty much talking about the type of things that artists deal with that they do promote now, but they're not supposed to. That's why they keep going to jail and and they they come out with a diss record and they're dead in a week. You know, it's just like it's a different day, like certain things you're not supposed to talk about. And when you listen to. My life is real. That's how you're supposed to talk about real life situations in music. You're not supposed to be talking about people's names and places and and giving and giving the feds facts that they can actually, damn, you know what? This actually adds up. And then they're gonna come lock your dumb ass up. So you're not supposed to do none of that. So this is how this is what rap music is supposed to be. It's supposed to be. That's why I listen to Nas still. Because Nas is doing rap how rap is supposed to be. J. Cole is doing rap how rap is supposed to be. So is Kendrick and a lot of those and a lot of those different artists. Now, as far as the guys who got ghostwriters, I respect them because listen, you're, you're making your money and you're feeding your family. I respect that. But as far as the art form of music, the art form of rap, I can't give you, I can't give you no, no, no top position. I can't give you that. Like I can't give it to you. You know, you gotta be dope. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be dope. But the success album is dope. There's a lot of it's a lot of dope songs on there that a lot of people is gonna rock with because it's a real album. Success three is a real album. If you like listening to real albums, get success three. It's gonna take you on ups and downs. You're gonna dance, you're gonna you're gonna smoke your cigar or, or do whatever it is you, you do to kick it and chill. You know what I'm saying? Then you're gonna go into find out what's went wrong in my relationships. You hear songs about past relationships. You hear you can have an experience. It's a real experience. Success three is a real album in a day to where everybody is making singles. Like they got an album full of singles. Like this song sounds just like the last one. That one sounds just like the next one. You know, so uh, fans I think are getting tired of that. They're getting tired of every song sounding alike and you rapping about the same thing all the time. Fans, I think I have to give them more credit because I'll I, I be online and I see fans be like, you know what? Damn, dude's album, every song sounds exactly alike. I hear that. I'm like, damn, if, if we only had 10 more million fans like that, <laughs> you know, like, like it'll be a better, it'll be a better situation. But a lot of fans are, are coming around to, to um, if we can just get them out of that trash, if we can just get them out of if if the ah, I said I wasn't gonna do that. So <laughs> if we can get them out of listening to certain type of artists, 
you know, that just give you trash on purpose. It's not like they're giving you trash because that's who they are. They're giving you trash on purpose because they know you like trash. You have to say no to trash. Yes to success. <laughs> yes to success. Three, no to trash. You know what I'm saying? So You know, I like that moniker for you. That. You should you can make a t shirt like that. Say yes. no to trash, yes to success. Or just yes, yes to success. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm definitely I'm definitely with that, man. I'm just I have more I have faith that things can turn around. But it's gonna take um it's gonna take an artist like like a revolution. It's going to take all of the artists that can spit to just be like, you know what? That's why Nas was like, man, yo, listen, drop projects, drop music. But a lot of artists are like, damn, it's not even worth it to drop music. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's Nas, why Nas is dropped, coming out saying. He's dropping yes. so many. I'm like, in the last two years, he's dropped like six projects. I'm like, holy fuck. And they're good. Yes. They're all good. Like, Hit yes. Boy as his producer, like, he's just. And they keep getting better. King's Disease 3 was so good. And it was like King's Disease 1 was good, 2 got better, and 3 was like so, so crisp, yeah. so clean. Um, and I was just like, no features. No features. He just, he was like, I can do it, and I know the formula, and I believe in myself enough to have no features in that project. And, I went for a walk one day, it was sunny, and I just listened to it, and I was like, well, this is five stars, and that is five stars, and I'm going to listen to that again. I just saved the whole album. It was just such a good project. The dude is dope, man, and dude, and I like the fact that he exists, and he's and he's dropping these projects because Nas never used to drop projects like that. But he like, you know what? He know there is a void, and it's a need for a certain type of music, for real music, for real lyricists, for real subject matter. You know, he knows there's a void and he's filling the void. He's just spitting and spitting out projects and we need that. There's a lot of and he did it with no features, you know, and like Success 3. I only got Young Z on there. Um, the only person that rapped on Success 3 besides me was Young Z from the Outsiders. And I was just paying high. I was I did that because first of all, I love Young Z music. I love and he's hip hop. He's a lyricist. And on my very first project I've ever did, I had Young Z on it. So I was kind of, it was kind of like a, a nostalgic type of thing I wanted to give w with this song. And um, we need Nas and we need, we need, um, I'm getting a pull up playing that. He was feeling it. But um, we need Nas and Jay and, um, and, Jay Electronica, all of the Talib Kweli, Most Def, Andre 3000. We need these artists to put out projects. Andre 3000 leaving music is probably one of the most tragic things that could have happened to the art form. It was tragic, you know, and I hear he's working on a new album. So I'm looking forward to seeing if you put that out. Well, Everyone's fingers are crossed. But you actually lead me to a, a question that I've had. And because I was listening to your EP, A Million Ways, which came out in 1999. And this project, Success 3, comes out in 2023. That's yes. 24 years difference. And I'm interested to know 
your perspective on the way making music has changed because there is something about 90s albums that are like not clear, they're grimy, they're dirty as fuck, but it adds, there's this feeling that you get. Then when I listen to your project now and the beats are crisp as fuck, they're clean, they're so audible, your lyrics are so audible, and I'm interested in your perspective of like, that's almost... Uh, you know, quarter of a century difference. And like from you, you've been making music throughout that period of like, what was the difference mm-hmm. between the late nineties making music then versus now and making music now in terms of just the process. Process took, the process took longer in the nineties because you, you wrapped on a, on a, you know, two inch reel or, or a dat or something like that. And it wasn't as um, quick no, I can do a song now like very fast because I don't I don't write my lyrics down. I put I wrap all my lyrics into my phone, and and I, um, it's very easy to record now because it's so digital. It'd be like okay, put the track right there, put the track right there. Before you had to rewind, you had to rewind. The reel had to re- rewind, and and you had to find the spot, and then you had to and you could. You had to do your lyrics a little bit different. The recording process alone was longer. It took longer to do simple things. Now it's everything is at the um, press of a button. It's very quick. And the music from the '90s, you you say it sounded grimier. Like the Million Ways was grimier because the way you mix and the way you master it depend it depended on the engineer. Now everybody has the same stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the mastering doesn't really vary that much now. And the mixing doesn't really vary that much now. But back then it did. It, it was and it was paramount that you had good like that, that's what Biggie always had. Biggie always had great engineers. Um Pac Pac sometimes struggled with engineers. Cause I there there's some Pac songs that you'd be like, damn, that sounded just sonically, that was terrible, you know. But it was a dope <laughs> song. But just sonically, it was like that's off. But Pac had way more music. You know, he he went through so many different changes. He went Pac went through damn near all of the changes except for, you know, digital. He went through all of the changes through music because he he came up at a at at the golden era of music. And you're right, it's a lot grimier. My million ways is so much grimier than um just sounded grimier. It sounded like I was fresh out of the jail. Like it sounded yeah. like that. Like it it sounded like I was fresh off the block. Success three. Like my brother was telling me, he was like, Man, it's so crispy. It's just so <laughs> it's so crispy. It's so like damn, it's like it's like cause I now now when I listen to tracks, I listen for that. I listen to the producers who who, who make the tracks. Some producers can still give you a grimy beat because they don't know how to mix their beats. The right way you know so i've had i've got tracks from producers and i have to go in and mix this beat i'm gonna talking about from scratch like this dude he just don't know he's just raw but that's cool raw talent is cool you know what i'm saying pause the track was raw you know what i'm saying so the dude gave me a track that i felt like it was it was it needed to be mixed you have to do that but some producers have escalated their game to a point to where you get it you like damn, this track, you don't even really need to mix this. All you got to do is lay vocals on it, and it's ready to go. You know, but 
But um, damn, so now I listen for that now. I wanted to find for Success Three. Success One had a couple of those tracks on there that wasn't mixed properly, and that was my fault. It was my fault because I wasn't trying to match them up. Like Success One is Success One is is raw is raw as hell. There's some tracks that got fucking static in it. This is one track I listened to. I only I can hear it, but it has static in it, and I was like. Ooh, every time I hear it, I just cringe. Cause that's why I wanted this one, Success Three, to be so sonically, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to be crystal. I wanted this shit to bang all the all the um bass lines to hit, everything. I, and I wanted the lyrics to be not too lyrical. Not too lyrical, because I did wanna, you know, I did want to get those same complaints that I got from from some of the songs to where I because I overdo it. I overdo it sometimes, you know, instead of just saying something simple. You know, in, in a clever way, I said in a clever way and complex. And then people like, damn, like, can't really feel that. And, you know, a, a lot of a lot of a lot of like producers that are like older, like Timberland and all that. They don't want you doing no lyrical shit no more. They like, yo, man, let's just do simple shit and and we're going to sell it. I can't I can't do a song like that. I can only bring it I can only um bring it down so far. Is it and trippy? I'm not even bringing it down. Yeah. Can I ask you, is it trippy to go back through your catalog to listen to like cause you have a chronicles of your life in your music and your experience listening to your own music is unique because not only did you make it at the time you were living that, but now you go back and you will be able to remember the things that you were experiencing at the time that you made it. It's like you're, you've got layers upon layers of your own creativity to be able to explore your life. And like, it's, it's like this really cool time machine. Like for me, I listen to your music and I'm like, I'm taking on a journey with you, but for you, it's like a, a memory bank. Like you go back yeah. and you remember all these things. It's kind of trippy. And it, it takes you back to periods, like it, you're right. It is a time machine, and the music has that unique ability to be that. And when I listen to songs, I know I know exactly what I was going through, like when I made that song. I remember, I remember exactly what I was going through. I remember exactly the period, the things that was going on around my life during that time when I hear certain songs. I remember where I was at. I remember where I recorded it. I remember everything. And and when when I do go back and I listen to some of my music. I always had the subject matter. It was it was always I had a song called Mind Over Matter. I have so many lost albums because of different situations. I left the label in 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 ninety in ninety um no in two thousand. I left the label. So the album that I had, the Midwest Juggernaut album that I had, um damn, that was before the Midwest Juggernaut album. No, was, that was the Midwest Juggernaut album. All of that music got lost because I left the label and was like, I left everything. I left all the tracks. I didn't take nothing. And I didn't put nothing out. And then I went, and then I went directly into the situation where um, Devonte produced all those records for me. And 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 then and then we got it. Then of course, if they watched the last interview, they know what happened. The fans came and 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 I couldn't put that project out, or it would have been money laundering. So fuck it. So I ended up losing that whole project. And then I had to end up going into another project. I went through so many different periods to where I went through a period where I couldn't create. 
I couldn't because I was like, damn, if I put out music right now, they're going to come get me? Or, well, what's going to happen? It was a lot of different things that was going on. And and it, it, it took a mental strain on me, you know? So, so I finally was like, fuck it. Let's get back to it. But you're right. My music do do that. And <laughs> you even bringing it up just took me back. So I, you bringing it up. I, I, was, I was thinking about the songs that I was, that people haven't heard. A lot of songs in my Reverb Nation is songs that, that got lost in like me leaving labels or different situations and I could never put them out. And maybe one day I'll, I'll be able to put them out on DSPs, but I don't want to. I don't want to. That's why I keep them on Reverb Nation. I'll probably put them on my website and, and sell them all for a dollar. I don't know. You could just... And I still you, make more money. I mean, you could just make them as like, you know, CD only or like, you know, vinyl only, like collector's edition. Like these were never released on streams i think there's something to that of like you know this was never released for anyone to listen to this is like you know lost projects the lost tapes of like your evolution of an artist i think there's something to that of like yeah i don't know i think there's something you could do that i feel like you'd be able to get some interest from fans to be like Damn, look at all these projects before you had, you know, the case. And then, you know, and for anyone who hasn't listened to the first interview, we go into, you know, the case and not being able to release music and then how you were feeling and you almost wanting to quit music and like just the whole emotional journey. So for anyone who wants to listen to that, that's episode 118. But like, it's weird because I don't like re-listening to my own podcasts it it reminds me of of a time where like I'm still on the come up and I'm yes. overly critical. Like you said, you're the only one that hears things. I'm the same with my own podcast, but I was with somebody else. We were just looking through them and just audio wise, I was like, oh fuck, there is a huge difference between yes. episodes, you know, one to 30 and then you can see them getting better and the audio has, it's almost like you become more professional and you forget, but you forget that you're on that journey, but the only time you appreciate it is like, oh, yeah, look at all the changes I made. Look at mm-hmm. what I've been trying to work towards. And that's what I've seen. I've seen that with your podcast. I've seen you, the, the first thing you want to see is consistency when you're dealing with people who do well, what you do. You're like, you know what? If they're consistently getting getting guests they're consistently putting out content this is the grind the journey is the funnest part like a, a lot of rich people i know they was like man things was funner when i was broke and i was on the come up like things was funner then like because it's, it's a lot less it's pressure on you now because you got worldly pressures and you you're trying to build something anytime you building something from nothing it's going to be a hard ass grind it's going to be a hard grind and once you actually get to some of those, like, you know, goals you have set and you accomplish one of them, you be like, damn. And you look back, you're like, yeah, I can't, I've come a long way. I've come a long way. And that that's one of the long, one of the reasons why I didn't. Um, I, I, I don't think I was ever at a point to where I was going to stop doing music. I was, I just, I was at a point just to where I didn't know how I was going to create. I didn't know how I was going to create because I was creating from a different perspective. I, I was creating from a person who, I have my own budget. I have my own money. If I want to, I can go do what I want to do. And then to have to start over to zero and have to start, damn, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to rap about? Well, you know, 
I didn't even know how I felt because I was still dealing with the trauma of, of, of everything that was going on. So I, I think that I think that artists like ourselves, because you are an artist. When you when you create content, you are an artist. And this is an art, this is a platform. Your platform is an art form. You know, podcasting is an art form to me. And um when you're creating from nothing, we gotta just keep plugging because it only takes one. It only takes one, you know, one podcast, one song, one interview, one anything. It only takes one for everything to change. So that's why we got to keep plugging. You know, I think you said that to me on the last podcast. It only takes one. And that has yep. sat with me every yep. single one that I release. It only takes one. But what I've yep. what I've noticed is it only takes one for you to blast off. But that one is built off everything else that yes. you do. Yeah, like it's not. It's 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 like the it's the embodiment of your whole journey up until that point. It it is the all the shit that you think and like go through the phase of like why am I doing this? This sucks or like you know the the shitty parts of all of this because everybody. I mean, creating things is is fun when you create, but then the other stuff that you have to do. On top of that, that no one sees, that's like the painful yes. part. And you're like, oh, if only I didn't have to do this. And all I did was create all day how how happy I would be constantly. But all of that is like it builds you to a place where you're ready for what you're supposed to have. Like there's no cheap way to earn it. you got to earn it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Damn so I'm not going to give it to you. But um. And that's one of the things that the next level provides because independent artists have a different grind than artists assigned to a major label because artists assigned to a major label. If you don't, they get everything paid for and taken care of for them. Right. And they, they, they think it's easy street, but it's really not. It's really putting them in debt, but independent artists, every time we go in the studio, we got to pay for that. Not unless you built your own, but that still took money to do that, you know. So, trust me. Like any artist out there, I don't care what it is that you're doing. The hardest thing in the world to do is to build it from the ground up, like because you got to pay for all your studio time, you got to pay for your marketing, you got to pay for your promotion, you got to pay for everything, all your photo shoots, you got to pay all your trips, you got to pay for everything. But it'll be worth it. If you get if you get one, if you get one to get out there, then 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 you can set your own rules, because a lot of these artists, even podcasters, even people like people that, that are in your field. They, they sign with these big parent companies. Right. And then they get these checks to where they don't have to put their own money into it no more. Now, all they have to, now they have just have the freedom to create. And that's a lot of things. That's a lot. That's what we don't have. The people that's grinding, the people that's grinding, just the freedom to create and we don't have to worry about nothing else. That's what the hell we're working for. You know what I'm saying? But trust me, you don't want to set out to get it. Well, that was what I was thinking. Like I was look I look at those people and I'm like, I'm kind of paranoid. Like me personally. I'm a parent. I think I don't trust people very easily. And I definitely Rightfully don't trust so. <laughs> and I don't trust companies. Cause I'm just like you know, I've worked corporate and I see what, and my professional career has been in sales. 
so I, I see corporates and I've worked at big corporates, but I know that they're not out for you. They're only going to use you as long as you help them. And so like, I like the podcasters who have built over a long period of time and maintain their independence and now control the company that controls their podcast. And so they're, yeah. they've almost changed like musicians and artists have changed. They've, stopped being just artists and they're record label owners. I mean, you're the CEO of Blimp City Records. So like artists have evolved and I think that's an important piece to touch on is like, you know, you're not just a rapper. You're not just an artist. You're also a person who runs their own company. And I think that's the real way to do it as a podcaster. And that's where I'd like to get to at some point is like, it's now my own company and now it's my own thing and I don't have to dilute it or dilute the content or worry about anyone else's voice because at the end of the day, it's my own thing and no one gets to tell me what to do. That's my fear of someone else being like, "Hey, hey, Aaron, you can't do that. I would never want that to even be a thing that I have to worry about. No. Yeah, that's not freedom. Nobody wants to, when you own your own, Yo, just stay independent. I stayed independent all this time. I, it's been plenty of times I have record deals tossed at me um, throughout my career, throughout this time, and and I just said no because one, one, once you get a taste of what it what it means to be independent, what it means to to own, run your own show, nobody can tell me what kind of album I can turn in or what kind of songs I can I got to record or I got to write or not, none of that. You know, I'm, I'm going to run my own show. You run your own show. It's a freedom in that. It's a freedom in that. It, it is a hard grind because you know we don't we don't have the um, the marketing dollars to compete with the majors, but we still got the content. <laughs> we still got the content. As long as we got the content, all we got to do is keep coming with the content. We gonna get it. You know, we gonna keep coming with the content. We gonna make that shit happen. You know what I'm saying? So so I want you to keep plugging away, man. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep. Do- oh, I got a new artist dropping. Damn, it's not even a new artist. He just wanted this some time. He had a case. I don't know why that's it's been happening. <laughs> Regardless, I don't know. But uh, I decided the artist um, a few years ago. His name is Swifty Hundo, out of Toronto. The kid is dope, and he he just he's went and did a little bit of time, um, and now he's gearing up. He's gearing up to um, to release a project soon. So so nine times out of ten, I'm going. I'm I'm a, I'm a putting with you. So so. Y'all can y'all can go over the project, you know. So I don't know if we're gonna drop it. It's already out. Nope, he's coming out top of the year, twenty twenty four. Well, yeah. you can keep me updated with with when we can do that. But I was just gonna say, yeah. you know, people like yourself serve as good inspiration and motivation for me because, as I said, I mean, your EP came out in nineteen ninety nine. It's twenty twenty three. You're still yeah. grinding, and I'm looking at mine, You're and welcome. I'm like. Well, I'm 160 plus, I think close to 170 now episodes. But when I look at the time frame, that's like three years. That's not even close to the <laughs> the amount of time you've been putting in. So it's kind of like it always sells as good perspective because you sometimes, and I think I fall into the trap of being like, oh, I wish it came faster, but I haven't been doing it for long enough. And I look at you and I'm like, oh, yeah. It's important to be patient. It's important to 
to like recognize in the journey that I'm on, I'm not even close to, to get into where I can get. And it's just a matter of, as you said, consistency, don't stop. And there are thoughts constantly of like, I wonder if I quit, what would happen? And I never want to quit, but I wonder what that, and it's just like you having those, you know, toxic thoughts and we all have them and just acknowledging yeah. them and letting them go. But like, yeah, I think people like yourself help servers like, hey, it's possible to continue doing it. You don't have to set a time frame of like, oh, you got five years and that's it. Not at all. Um, you're closer to where you're trying to get to than from where you started. You know what I'm saying? So you're closer to where you're trying to get to than from where you started. So it don't make no sense to turn back now. You might as well ride, ride, ride it till the wheels come off. You know what I'm saying? Ride it till you can't ride it no more. Because that, that's when you're going to say that, you know what? I, I put forth I put forth my best effort, you know? Like, even if it's not me, even if it's not me that drops the next hit um, to change the, the course of Blimp City Records, even if it's somebody else, it doesn't matter. It's not going to stop me from creating because I can't stop doing it. I can't stop creating. I, I, I do it every day. I do it every day. I came up with a song concept this morning. Like, I can't stop. Like, every day I wake up, I think about it. Every night I go to sleep, I think about it. I can't, it's either it's in you or it's not. You know, so I think while I still have this drive and this burn to create, I'm going to create until, until I no longer have it. And that's when I'm going to stop. So, so I, I, just, I just think that if you got Nas, Nas is 50 years old. Years older than Jay is older than that, you know, and you got artists like Two Chains and Rick Ross and you know, and Fifty Cent still on tour. And if Rock Him can still be on tour, you know what I'm saying? I, I look at see all of this is inspiration and motivation for me. Like a lot, that's why I'm I'm happy these artists ex- exist because it's, it's it gives you motivation to create. Like you know what? There is there is um. A fan base. There's eight billion people on this planet. I have to have a. I got a million fan base out there somewhere. I gotta just find them. You gotta find them. It's not like before. You know what I'm saying? And podcasting too. You know, but podcasting, you, you, you got such an advantage to where, um, when it comes to creating, all you gotta do is come with the real. And don't you know? Don't edit it down to a bunch of bullshit. As people respect real, because that that's why I, that's why I, every time I see your um podcast come up, I watch it because I know it's going to be something honest. I know it's going to be something authentic and how the person truly feels. I know it's not no political correct, you know. what I'm saying bullshit fluff that you know that's out there. Well, I appreciate it, and yeah, I mean, as I said to you before we record, and I say the same thing to every artist. Anything flies on this show. Anything flies. Yeah. That's you know there is no value for me to get you to agree with me all the time. I, that's not right. why we're having this conversation. The conversation right. is to literally talk, and for me, and hopefully the fans to understand you, understand what you think, understand what you're going through, your perspective on stuff. And if I fed you stuff, that would be the worst possible way and i would hate myself <laughs> yeah. for doing it i would be like this sucks how many interviews are there that are like 
all right, I'm going to tell you the questions I'm going to ask before right. we've even spoken, and there's no organic to it. We don't get to feel Maddie Mad arrive at his answer. We don't get to see the gradual build of like, all right, we're finding something here naturally, and we see the creativity in the conversation. I think it is different, but I think a lot of people get into the trap of formulaic, you know, long-form content where they still feel like they need too much structure, whereas they don't trust themselves enough to just be like, hey, it's okay. If it goes haywire, it goes haywire. That's kind of the fun of it. And we'll just... Right. And then it comes down to like, does your guest feel comfortable? And if right. they don't, then that's your problem as the host. Mm-hmm. Man, you know what? The one thing I can say about when I do interviews... And it gets me in trouble a lot because I tell the truth. And a person once said to me, there's no, there's no place on the internet for truth. And, um, and I think about that all the time, you know, and, and even, even in this interview, there's a lot of things that, um, that I talk about, you know, you know, with music executives and people I know in the music industry that I don't think the fans I don't think it, it it'll help if the fans knew, you know, some of the things. So you got to keep some kind of mystery in between the artists and the music business and the people that consume music because a lot of people tell you don't meet your heroes. A lot of people tell you don't peek behind the curtain. And they say that for a reason, you know, because it can change your perspective on how you listen to the music. Because I've met people and... And I've, and it changed how I listen to their music. Like, damn, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that motherfucker, he's an asshole. Like, that person, <laughs> yo, that's a fucked up person. Like, and you just, like, don't even want to, even though I, I try to keep it separate. I try to keep it separate. I try to separate the art from the artist. But sometimes it's hard because, you know, people, we, we, we draw parallels and we judge sometimes. We, like, you know what? This this a messed up person. I'm not gonna buy this, or that's a messed up person. I'm not gonna support that. We do it all the time, and so I, I try not to do that when it comes to music. That's why, like when I when I when I give certain information, I want it to be enough information to it to where it's authentic to me. It's it's what I truly feel, but I don't want it to be enough information to where people be like, damn, like I didn't want to know that about this person. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to, you know what I'm saying? So. So when I do interviews, I try to be a little bit more cautious now, um, more cautious than I used to be. Um, but I, I wonder how long that's going to last. It's probably last until somebody pissed me off. <laughs> then you can come back on the show because I like right. – I'm, I'm a nosy motherfucker. I can't help myself. <laughs> I, I want to know all the dirt, all the secrets, even if it's shit that I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't know that. But I, it's the genuine curiosity of like – of like diving into a genre that I've always loved and just being able to, to, cause like for me, it's all sneaks behind the curtain. I don't stand behind the curtain. I'm like with the fans, but then I get the odd sneak behind the curtain to see what's going on. And it's, 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 it's fun. It's scary. It's like all of the above. And yeah, as you're right, there are sometimes I hear stories about people that I've loved and I'm like, Oh, that's kind of changed. But I think that's, <laughs> but that's better. I think that's better. Honestly than living yeah. in ignorance. I mean, there are certain artists that I used to like that they've done things that I've learned about 
and then I'm like, I can't listen to them. I can't support them anymore because of yeah. certain things that they've done in their personal yeah. life that I'm just like goes against my own morality. So I have that too of like being able to separate a little bit. I tend not to like to do it, but sometimes there are just people who do fuck shit and you're like, I just cannot support you because I don't feel like you deserve my support. Right. And and, and that's that's the crazy thing about being in the music industry is that people tell me things whether I want to know it or not, you know? And, and I, I, it could just be quick, like, Answer the phone like, yo, so and so, so and so, so. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> like, like, come on, man. Like, I didn't even want to know that. Like, you know, so, but, but right now with the fans, it's a lot of different things going on. It, I can't really call what it is. A lot of people don't really know the relationship of artists and fan right now because a lot of artists are showing their personal lives in detail and fans are grabbing a hold of that. And when another artist don't do it, they're not as engaged. But the one thing I like about Beyonce and and Ho's movement, their movement isn't really a social media movement. It's not their person. Their personal lives aren't on display. I respect that. I respect that. And 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 they just giving you art. They just come out. Okay, I'll, let me give you this album. Let me give you this 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 tour. You can come out. And, and you can get to know me that way. They don't show you behind the scenes of them, you know, just chilling at the, at the crib watching Netflix and, you know, different things. So I think that there's a fan base out there for all of us, you know, and I know you, you you're in the you're in the field to where, you know, um, the more sensational the story, the greater the interview, you know. So but me. Right now, my whole life, like the song Matador. Uh, on the success three, I mentioned my situation with Kanye in the song. And I've also mentioned some other things that's going on in the music industry in that song. I want to kind of leave certain things to my art. I want to leave certain things to the art because a lot of times, man, when you get on here and do these interviews, people in the music industry, trust me, there's a lot of things that go on behind closed doors that you don't want to be on the wrong end of. And when you run your own company and, you, and, you, and you're trying to push your own artists and this, that, and the third, you got enough resistance as it is. You don't need to be adding no more resistance to what's already out there and it's already out there. Trust me. Well, I think that's a life lesson of like, don't <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Don't make your life harder than it has to be. And like, yeah. you know, there is, there is always a time and place. Maybe it's when you write your book, when you write the tell-all, when you're yes. like the life story of Maddie Mad behind the music, behind the curtains, all the stories, right. all the shit. When you're when you're ready to finally let it all out, but you know, I think I've always I really liked and I enjoy talking to you because there's no facade. Like I know you're you you've said you're trying to be careful. You're not trying to get yourself in trouble, but I can see the fight like in your face of like, oh, I could talk about this, but I'm just trying to, I'm trying to control myself of like, not no, it's not to- really, it's not, it's, <laughs> it's not really, I'm not trying to get in trouble. It's not really, it's not, it's not really that. It's just that it's growth as an artist is because I watch what fans do to, do to us, you know, with certain information, 
I watch how they love us today and they hate us tomorrow. You know, I watched that happen. I watched it change lives. I'm like, damn, that's fucked up. Like, and certain people just got a raw deal. The baby got a raw deal. I don't care what nobody said. The baby got a raw deal. I do not like the way things panned out for him. Even though he said some things. Yeah, but people say shit all the time. There's been rock artists who done bit the head off of birds on stage and just, you know, come on now. Like what he said, I mean, was it really that bad? Comedians come out and say worse shit than that. I, I just think that he got a raw deal and he's a talented dude. I think I don't like the way cancel culture affected the baby. I don't like that. I don't like how it came at Dave Chappelle, even though it wasn't successful because, you know, he he's his own boss. So you can't cancel him. You can't cancel me. I, I'm my own boss. I don't answer to no fucking body. So, I mean, I, I say what I want. But I also got to understand that I have other artists I'm responsible for. And I don't want the shit that I do to blow back on them. Like, damn, like, okay, we're not going to support this artist because he, you know, look at the CEO. The CEO is, you know, he, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, he he talks like this or acts like that or whatever. But, but uh, I'm just trying to be more conscious of the people I'm responsible for. That's really what it is because I run a company. You know, I have a, um, a partnership deal with Universal Music Group and Bungalow. So I don't want to, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real. And trust me, I said some words on my album that you're not supposed to say. Trust me. I st I'm still me. But when I get on interviews sometimes, I have to be conscious. I have to be conscious, man, because I can go far. I, I remember our last interview, I was, I was like, damn, you know, I was talking about beating the hell out of Kanye and all kinds of shit. I was just like, that's... And that's my brother. I love him. That is truthfully, if I seen him right now today, I wouldn't even I mean, I just want to talk to him. Brother, are you okay? <laughs> like, how are you doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't even I wouldn't even take it there because some shit, man, is just not even worth it. It's not even worth it no more. You start you start seeing what's not worth it. These artists right now, somebody gotta start thinking like this. But these artists are dying left and right. I'm talking about left and right. They come out with a song, they're dead next week. You know, they do an interview, they're dead a couple days later. I'm like, damn, like, something. we got to do something. We, we got to do something. So I'm going to start with myself. Well, man, I think it's it's great. Like I said, uh, I think last time, I think it would be interesting to for you and Kanye. I know, I know Kanye has been going through his own journey of, like, trials and tribulations. And, you know, it's, it's weird, I think, when you see someone you have had – personal issues with but then you see them go through pain and you see them go through suffering and you kind of like i kind of don't want that for anybody and it's, it's yeah you, you become you become different and you kind of reflect on your view on things and you kind of grow as a person and you know the growth in you has been incremental and we can see that in your projects that you're releasing as we said success three and I'm always aware that, you know, you and I can probably speak for three hours. Um, and if we were in person, we could probably do a three hour podcast. Um, but, <laughs> right. but, um, but look, I, I just want to say once again, that I appreciate having you on the show. Um, and you know, it's an absolute pleasure to get you to come back. I can't wait for you to come back again. Hopefully we get to do it in person and there's a tour absolutely. at some point, but 
yeah, man, the the new the new album is awesome. Uh, the new single, Bron James, is fire. Like I listened to it, and it is just like hype to no end. Um, but man, is there anything you wanted to plug? Anything you wanted to shout out before we wrap it up? Um, yeah, yeah. I I released Bron James right before Success Three, and um. I'm not I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna fucking do it today. I got my nephew with me. I just looked at him like I'm not gonna fucking do it. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna talk about Success Three. Success Three came out and I released I Like. It's kinda like a lead song for the album. Um I like is dope. It's like a um it's like a strip club type of joint. Um but it has um it has the type of woman that I like. You know, so it pretty much explains it, it. It goes into subject matter and it fits into the album perfectly. Usually a song like that wouldn't fit into one of my albums. So Success 3, definitely get Success 3. Listen to it. It's a real album. You're going to love it. And um, and stay on the stay on the lookout for um, Swifty Hondo. That's coming out. And um, and I'm, I'm going to be helping helping my uh, my manager, Charlucci, plug um, Lucci NYC clothing line, too, and Norca One clothing line. So there's a lot of different things that, that you know, that we got our fingers on the post of. Well, I cannot wait to see what else you come up with, man. And as I said, absolute pleasure. We're definitely going to have to do this again. Oh, yeah. Get the merch on MaddieMad.com. Get the, get the Success 3 hoodie, Success 3 T-shirts, all of that, all of that. On MaddieMad.com. Don't don't forget to get my merch. And say yes to success. Yes to success. No to trash. <laughs> <laughs> Hip Hop Hustle is love as usual. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe. And follow me on Instagram at the underscore Hip Hop Hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.